Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of the Shepherd's Voice podcast. I'm Jimmy Carroll, digital media specialist for the Archdiocese of Omaha, with my co-host, the Most Reverend George J. Lucas, Archbishop of Omaha. How are you today, Archbishop? Doing fine, Jimmy. Uh, recovering from Christmas, but it's a very pleasant uh, recovery and still enjoying the, the uh, days, the feasts of the Christmas season. That's great to hear. So just to get us started, um, so this is a this episode will be covering kind of the Christmas season, even though Christmas just happened, and um, kind of going into 2022. So the first one, um, during the Christmas season, families and friends gather to enjoy elaborate feasts. Um, the Nativity of Jesus Christmas just happened. Um, and then the uh, Feast of the Holy Family, Feast of St. John the Apostle and Evangelist, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, and the Epiphany. What exactly is your desire for Northeast Nebraska Catholics participating in these feasts? Yeah, I think my first desire is that we do participate in them. So not all of these are uh, days when it's obligatory to um, to go to Mass, but um, you're right. There's a kind of a rich menu of celebrations during, uh, during this Christmas uh, season. And so I invite um, invite us all to uh, think about how um, we might um, uh, harmonize our family celebrations and the other parties and and things that that are part of this uh, season uh, with uh, with our faith and as the old slogan goes along with the reason for the season. So we we want to keep uh, our Lord at the center of it and um, all the the. Social celebrations we have are great. Uh, nothing wrong with them, but uh, it, it is important that, that um, we uh, allow our faith to continue to, to form us during these days. Uh, most of all, we um, keep um, coming up against, keep confronting in a, in a very uh, beautiful way uh, in, in all of these feasts at, at this time of the year the plan of God for us. And that is that, that we be saved uh, from sin by the coming of, of the Son of God, uh, Jesus Christ. So the Lord comes to be with us and he wants to be with us in everything. And uh, we, we want to welcome him and, and invite him in. And so if it's a time of celebration for us, we want to invite him to be part of the celebration. And um, by our own prayerfulness and, and by our worship together uh, as a Catholic community, to give praise and thanks to God for, for the, uh, the gift of, of salvation in Jesus Christ. Most definitely. And so I know coming up is the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, this coming Saturday, I believe, which is obviously New Year's Day. Um, what's the significance of beginning the new year with this solemnity and how can Catholics use this important celebration as a springboard into the new year? The origin of the feast doesn't have so much uh, to do with with New Year's Day, but it it uh, is celebrated and has been uh, for for centuries on uh, at the beginning of our New Year on on January first. Uh, we just recognize the unique vocation of Mary as the mother of, of the Savior and the uh, title that was given to her in the church early on is that that she is is the mother of God. So Jesus is only one person; he has a human and a divine nature, and uh, he receives his human nature from from Mary uh, through the action of, of the Holy Spirit. But she's rightly uh, called not only the mother of Jesus, but 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 the mother of God. So it's a great title of honor uh, for her. She's not looking for honor, but it's important for us in the, in the church to recognize the the role that she has in uh, in the history of salvation and in the gift of salvation that comes comes to us particularly. I think it's nice. It's the celebrated at the beginning of the year. There's other feasts of Mary throughout the year, of course. Uh, but uh, when we think about the 
the per- procession of saints. Uh, I think of the old song about when the saints go marching in, you know, we want to be in that number, which is, which is true. But kind of at the head of that march, that procession is Mary. She's the, the, the first of the saints, the first d- disciple of Jesus, and really has a, a place at the head of the, of the communion of saints because of her uh, participation in, in uh, the mystery of, of our salvation, her, her willing and, and wholehearted uh, uh, participation. She knows and understands Jesus better than 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 we do, uh, and wants to have, have that understanding not as a secret privilege for herself, but but she wants that to be shared by by all of us. Well, many of us will make New Year's resolutions as we begin the uh, the new year, and I hope that in some way uh, we can have a, a resolution to get to know Jesus better and to. Um, uh, celebrate and recognize his presence in our lives in very personal and practical ways throughout the coming year. Uh, We don't just um, uh, have a great celebration about him coming uh, at at, at Christmas, but we know that his coming among us means that he, he wants to be part of the human experience. He is part of it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life and in the church, we're, we're able to encounter Jesus here and now. Uh, we don't want to uh, simply keep our encounter with him confined to the mass or the sacraments or, or some moments of prayer. It's good. Those are, are essential, of course. We realize that uh, that Jesus wants to be with us in in all of the things that we're going to be facing during the coming year. We don't know what they'll be. We we can make some plans and we have some idea of what um, what will be part of our our lives. Uh, it's it's a good resolution to to in, invite Jesus in. And Mary is a great model for that. When she learned that it was God's plan that she be the the mother of, of the Savior, she said yes to it right away. She didn't understand all the implications of it, uh, and and then she continued to grow in in that vocation. Uh, she was sinless, but not uh, perfect in the sense of a, a completely formed human being that didn't need to know anything else or learn anything. So she she continued to be formed by the by the Holy Spirit into what it would mean to be the, the mother of Jesus as he was conceived and grew and was born um, and was formed in, uh, in the house of, of Nazareth. So, so she understands the, the beauty of that kind of formation in a relationship with Jesus and I think would like us to have that too. So at the beginning of the year, we ask her to pray for us and we look to her for an example of, of how we might um, welcome Jesus day by day and, and follow him more faithfully. Amen to that. It's, it's like speaking of New Year's resolutions. I mean, it's different for everyone each year or could be the same repetitive thing every year. Um, but I think it's, I mean, obviously praying is, or maybe having a different method or how you pray could also be a New Year's resolution for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I would say it's, it's always a good one. Um, uh, Jesus wants to have a, a deeper relationship with you and me, everybody else in this coming year. And that's uh, nurtured and, and experienced in, in our prayer, the prayer we pray together in church, of course, our liturgical prayer, but also our, our own private private prayer. So I would encourage if somebody's looking for a resolution to, to um, resolve uh, to set aside ten minutes every day uh, for prayer, and that could be reading the scripture. It could be a quiet conversation uh, with with the Lord. Could be different things on different days, but the the consistency is important, and and carving out some some time for it. 
Jesus makes his presence known in a variety of ways if we're paying attention, but uh, he uh, invites us to have uh, have the time with him that it takes for us to get to know him better and and for us to, to perhaps be more honest. Uh, about ourselves w- with him, he knows us anyway. But to to have that kind of mutual, uh, growing uh, relationship that that's uh, possible in prayer. So um, write that down. If you're looking for for a, a New Year's resolution, haven't found any yet. That that that's a good one, and and you'll be happy you did. Uh, follow that one. It's the it's the simple steps that count. <laughs> right. So we have to take them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, before we look too far into uh, 2022, which is less than a week away, um, let's look back for a moment. Um, we had the year of St. Joseph in 2021, a uh, the COVID roller coaster, uh, the pastoral conference, students returning to school, the country elected a new president, and the big goal got traction, as well as the uh, attorney general releasing the report on Nebraska diocese. How have these and other events impacted you, and how have these events impacted Catholics in Northeast Nebraska? Yeah, it's been quite a year, as I guess every year is. Uh, right, we continue to um, uh, experience the effects of COVID, and we're all—it's like in some ways uh, we're, we're doing our best. We're praying, and we're we're trying to listen to people who know what they're talking about. But it seems like we're involved in a big experiment because there are different twists and turns in it, and. Um, Obviously, we want to be good stewards of the of the gift of our health, and we want to take care of it, and we want to try to keep keep uh, other vulnerable people uh, safe. But I think the the uh, COVID experience has uh, been an invitation for us to to grow in a sense of cooperation with each other. We've had to learn to be patient uh, with. Uh, uh, restrictions. Just before we started recording, we were talking about how our some of our holiday uh, celebrations, family gatherings, and so forth have to be changed at the last minute because you know people got sick and and needed to be away f- f- uh, from others. So uh, we missed them, but but it was important that that that, that happened. So that's just been our experience in a lot of different ways. Things that we thought we were going to do, we couldn't do, or we couldn't quite do them the way that uh, that, uh, that that we wanted. That's frustrating in some ways, and we're getting tired of it. I will just confess that myself. I'm getting tired of it by now, but it's just not over yet. So we continue to pray for patience, for God's guidance uh, through all of this. And I hope that we uh, will uh, pray for um, a determination to be respectful of one another as we as we deal with these various uh, limitations. I think we, you know, some of the other. Um, uh, divisions in society or other stresses in society, I think, have been brought to the surface more by by uh, some of what we faced during during COVID. And sadly, we've witnessed even in our churches and schools uh, sometimes a lack of civility or, or a lack of of respect as we try to figure out how to move forward uh, together with. Uh, restrictions that may be necessary for a while in the way that that we gather or that we operate. So um, I'm really proud, especially that our schools have have been uh, operating with, with students in the classroom really for a second year now in, in COVID and just have so much um, appreciation and admiration for our administrators and teachers, for our pastors, all who, who make that experience possible. We enter always into a partnership with parents who are primarily responsible for the education of their of their children. But when we do something together, a communal experience like a school, we we have to um, be willing to come to an agreement on how we're going to do it together, whether that has to do with curriculum or 
the schedule or the uniform and and with some of the accommodations for for the challenges of covid uh, we've had to uh, uh, give attention you know to, to that um, working together anyway I commend everybody for what, what we've been able to uh, to do and and um, encourage us to, to continue to be patient and, and understanding as we as we move forward hopefully in 2022 there'll be you know less restriction and less need for, for worry about uh, about some of these things uh, you, you mentioned we had a um, uh, and an anticipated uh, release of information from the Nebraska Attorney General about um, the uh, sexual abuse of minors in, in the church regarding the three dioceses in, uh, in, in Nebraska. So that was a um, sad thing to hear all that information shared again. Well, for the most part, it had, it had been shared by the various dioceses. And I would say there wasn't, in one sense, there wasn't anything new in, in what uh, he released from, from his uh, from his findings, uh, when when we think of decades of information about any topic put all together, at one time it can have a huge impact. And I think the the releasing of this of this information about many um, uh, decades of of behavior really a, a, a small uh, number of clergy and other church workers who who were involved in misconduct, but over time it's uh, significant. Each one is significant, but over time, it, it you know it, it seems, uh, in some ways, monumental. Um, which, a couple of things I take from that. One is that um, there, there was a, a, a sad chapter of our life in, in in the church where we didn't give enough attention to to this issue. Uh, we were not as attentive to. Um, the, the uh, people who were who were victimized, who wanted to come forward, tried to come forward and tell us about what they had experienced. Maybe they weren't believed. Maybe they weren't uh, welcomed, or didn't even feel free uh, to 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 share what what they had. We we weren't really as uh, didn't have as clear an understanding of of how to 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 deal with with a with somebody in the church who was involved in this kind of misconduct. Although we it should have been clear always that that it, that it was very wrong and 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 very harmful. For the past 20 years, we have um, had in place uh, training for um, our clergy and teachers and other church workers in, in how to maintain safe environments. Uh, we have, have codes of conduct in place. We train our students and um, volunteers so that, that we can all be alert to anything that might not um be at, as it should be in terms of respect for for the the uh, young and the vulnerable people that we're privileged uh, to serve. Uh, we have a, a in this archdiocese and in many other places a beautiful and rich outreach to, to victims now over over a number of years, so that they can be heard and and that we can extend resources to them that that will help with their with their healing. So I, th I suppose my reaction there was a uh, twofold: very sad and and um, uh, disturbed by what has happened in the past, but then also grateful for the good people who've been working together now in recent years to. Uh, to make it a very, a very different, um, very different situation. Um, so you give a whole menu of things that we, <laughs> that, uh, that we looked at in the past year. That, those are uh, a couple of the big ones. We we did uh, conclude the celebration of the year uh, dedicated to Saint Joseph uh, just a few weeks ago, and I, I think that was a. Uh, 
uh, a gift that the Holy Father gave to all of us, inviting us to hold um, St. Joseph in a more prominent place in our thinking and in our prayer and in, in our devotion. Along with uh, Mary, he created a home uh, for for Jesus, who's coming. We've been celebrating this this season. It's a mystery uh, to us how uh, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, could become so small and, and vulnerable and uh, need to be cared for and need to grow up and just like like you and I needed to. Um, but that's God's uh, plan. It really happened. It wasn't just a, you know Jesus going through the motions. And so uh, the, the person of Saint Joseph, along with Mary, uh, was um, was crucial and and, and significant. Uh, as I was saying before, with the, with the Blessed Mother, Joseph is very close to Jesus and and uh, can helping understand him more can help us understand the uh, the saving mission of Jesus. So I'm grateful for for the opportunities I had to to think and pray more about Saint Joseph's role during this last year, and and um, hope that that some of the things that that, be, that were part of that for me will will stick with me in the coming year. What excites you the most for 2022? Well, it's great to be alive, and I, I think there really are some exciting things that we're um, in, involved with here in, in our um, archdiocese. Some uh, have begun already, and, and some will be be looking at for the, for the first time. You know, Pope Francis has uh, called a synod uh, for for the church, so and the it's that's normally a gathering of bishops, but he's he's invited the whole church to be involved in this meeting, which will take place in, in, in a couple of years. It's being called a synod on synodality. So it's really a synod on, uh, that's a, uh, an invitation for anybody in the church who desires to, to express something about their experience of life in the church or their desires for how the how we should in, encounter the Lord and, and, and live together in, in, in our Catholic ex- experience. Right after the first of the year, we'll be sharing more information on uh, how individual Catholics or groups of Catholics in the Archdiocese, for example, uh, maybe a parish pastoral council or a group of faculty, Bible study group, uh, can uh, go to um, uh, a, a, an online um, uh, opportunity to, to uh, reflect together on some uh, of the points that the Holy Father has raised, uh, that he's inviting our reflection, our, our input, and then can can enter a, a response. Later in the spring, we'll we'll put together all of the responses from around the archdiocese, and and then those get sent to the uh, to the bishops' conference here in the U.S. We'll, we'll compile them and 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 then send them on to on to Rome. It's kind of boggles the mind, you know, to think of a consultation that could involve anybody uh, in the whole world. But that's what that's what the Pope has in mind. He's our universal pastor, so he. he Pastor of, of the Universal Church, but also has a, a heart and a love for for all people, the, the whole human family, and I think really desires uh, that that we express ourselves to um, to him, and then uh, his uh, in his pastoral responsibility, along with the with the bishops who will be participating in the synod, those chosen from around the world, uh, to to maybe think about how we might reshape our experience in, in, in the church for the coming years. <clears throat> We're not going to create a new church. Uh, Jesus has established the church. It's not about changing doctrine or just uh, um, getting people's opinion on things. But really, I, th- I think the Holy Father is hoping to hear what, what, uh, as we come to the church looking for, for Jesus and for life in him, what, uh, what we would like to um, experience more, more fully in that. 
Uh, many people uh, have heard by now that the the U.S. bishops in, in our meeting in November uh, decided to initiate a, a several-year uh, process of, of a Eucharistic revival. Our hope is that, um, especially as we're coming out of COVID, that um, we can in, encourage participation in, in Sunday Mass in, in, in the Eucharistic liturgy. We also want to um, encourage what's always been true, but, but what um, seems to be waning uh, these days a little bit is the, um, uh, the really the, a central belief of our faith that Jesus is really present, really personally present in, in the sacrament of, uh, of the Eucharist. There'll be a variety of aspects to this revival, which we'll uh, be talking about through the spring. Uh, there'll be an opportunity to do things in our uh, in the archdiocese and in, in parishes, and then we'll have it will culminate in a couple of years in a national gathering, a kind of a Eucharistic congress uh, to bring Catholics together from all over the country to celebrate our. Um, our encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist and, and, and our faith in, in that uh, that holy and, and living sacrifice. So um, we can all look forward to that this coming year. I, I'll have more information to share about that as, as, as we go along. Something that's a little more proximate, following our, uh, our second annual pastoral conference, which we had in October, a gathering, a virtual gathering of pa- pa- pastors and parish leaders from around the archdiocese. Uh, the, the follow-up for that is... Um, uh, an initiative we're calling Live Lent Together. Uh, we're hoping that in our parishes and in our neighborhoods, uh, uh, small groups of, of, um, of Catholics can come together to reflect on, uh, on, on our faith, uh, to pray together, to get to know each other a, a, a little bit better. We've been inviting those who would like to be uh, small group leaders for this Live Lent Together initiative. Uh, to to register and and to receive some very simple but important uh, training to to be to be group uh, leaders. I'm, I'm hoping that thousands and thousands of people across the archdiocese will have this experience during the the, the Lenten season. That'll be here in, um, before too long, a couple of months, and. Um, uh, it would uh, just, just encourage those who are listening, if you're at all interested and haven't heard much about this, you can go on our Archdiocesan website and uh, find out some information about it. But I, I'm, I'm confident that through your through your parishes, you'll be invited to participate in in groups during during the season of Lent. Uh, finally, we're, we're continuing to move ahead with our big goal for our parishes, which is that our parishes will become missional communities and the Live Lent Together initiative, the Eucharistic Revival. All of those things will will really, I think, help uh, help us in our desire for, for more vibrant parish life and, and with a, a desire to, to begin to structure our parishes and the things that we do together uh, uh, so that we're positioned for, for growth. Uh, we know, uh, sadly, that that uh, engagement in parish life um, over now uh, many decades uh, has has been declining. Uh, there are some parishes that are growing, but that's largely due to real estate development near near the parishes. That's all. That's great, uh, but the, the percentage of of Catholics participating has has, has been declining. Uh, we know that that uh, we we have fewer priests now than we did several decades ago, and that. Decline in the number of, of priests serving in our parishes will, will continue um, for for the for the foreseeable future. So we'll be making some 
plans for how how our pastors can how our parishes can be pastored and and structured in the in the coming uh, in the coming years, so that we're in a position to proclaim the gospel more vibrantly and to invite more and more people either to come back to participation in in the life of the church or to maybe uh, come to know Jesus in in the church for the first time. As we uh, start to conclude this episode, um, what challenge or challenges uh, face the uh, Archdiocese of Omaha? Uh, So some of them that I was just, uh, just talking about, but I would say our big challenge for the coming year is to, for all of our parishes to participate in a process of, of uh, pastoral planning that will help us look at the structures that um, will be most effective in growing our parishes, in helping us uh, experience a, a um, deeper understanding of, of the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. It will help us be aware of the, the needs of our neighbors and and be in a position to, to, to serve them uh, better. Uh, we will be talking with our priests about this in, in February and then inviting pastors and, and uh, parish councils, other parish leaders from around the archdiocese to participate in, in, in a process. Um, uh, throughout the, uh, the coming year, it, it's going to be challenging in, in some ways, but I think it's necessary. And and if it's necessary, that means that the Lord's going to give us the, the the means to to do it and our work together on on how we can uh, best structure our parishes and and serve them pastorally. Uh, it, it's a um, it, it's a challenge, but I think it's an exciting opportunity for us. Most definitely. That concludes this episode. Do you have any final thoughts or anything to give to anybody for the new year? A little send off? Uh, sure. I, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping the people of the Archdiocese in my prayers as we begin the new year. I wish a blessed and happy uh, new year uh, to to all. Uh, we, in our faith, we understand that, that it's a year of grace. It's not just more days coming at us on the calendar, but but it's the working out of, of God's providence. We get to participate in it. So we, uh, as I said earlier, I think to have a resolution to get to know Jesus better and to spend a few more minutes in, in prayer with him, uh, that's that's a, a hope that I have for all of us that we might take, take advantage of that opportunity. Any chance we can get a priestly blessing? Sure. Uh, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for all the blessings of the, the year that we are just c- completing. And we pray that with the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, we might uh, embrace uh, the, the coming year as an opportunity to grow in knowledge and love of your son, Jesus. Give us every help of the Holy Spirit we need to remain joyful and, and faithful as his disciples. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you all and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Archbishop. Happy New Year, everybody.